0: Hey everybody, this is the Disciple Makers podcast by discipleship.org and I'm your host Dave Stovall. We've got Brian King from E3 Partners today talking about developing leaders to engage people in places that are far from God. Brian has seen stories from churches that are being equipped and seeing the church increase with evangelism, something that our country and our neighborhoods right around us desperately need. There are opportunities to help your neighborhood around you just by sharing the gospel one person at a time. Let's listen to Brian from E3 as he talks to us about our journey to the nations. All right, y'all, here we go.
1: Hey, we're uh, excited you guys are here. So uh, some of you, actually, this might help me. How many of you have been with us for our other sessions? Okay, a couple of us, okay. Okay, Justin, okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about, uh, so just my, my name is Brian. I'm a pastor in Oklahoma at a church, um, outside of Tulsa. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a, we're going to, we're going to dive into some stuff, but I'm going to tell our story. So if you were here for some of the other sessions, you've, you've heard a little bit about what E3 does and, uh, and our training. And so we'll talk through that a little bit. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm one as a, as a recipient. So I also work with E3 now. But uh, I'm going to tell you the story of what God did. So let me, um, let me just kind of start off your, your journey to the nations. When we say that to the nations, we're not necessarily talking, we are talking about the nations. We want to see every people, every place reached. But we want to see segments in North America, and there are growing segments in North America that are not reached, right? So we want to see, we call it, we, got, we want to see people go to the gaps. We want to see the gospel, we want to see disciples go, we want to see a prayer, we want to see churches go, we want to see leaders raised up. Where the gospel is not—that's what we're all about. So let me just tell our story. A little, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, our story. This is our church building—not our church, but it's our church building. Okay. Uh, Six flags over Jesus. Okay, in Oklahoma. All right. And so uh, a little more impressive than what it is the building is, but we're a we are a Christian church. So if you're a Restoration Movement, we're, I grew up in Restoration Movement. I got to educate some of my Baptist brothers on the Restoration <laughs> Movement. All right. <laughs> Uh, strong Bible teaching. I grew up in this church, and then in 2008, they sent my wife and I out as, as missionaries uh, to Mexico City in 2001 to 2008. And then I really, I actually told God, I don't want to go back to this church, and He said, You're going to go back to this church. So my senior pastor was my youth minister growing up. And so, uh, yeah, uh, strong biblical teaching, family ministry, and a missions focus since its inception. In, sec- in fact, there like three guys out of my youth group ended up on the mission field. And so, awesome. Just praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for my home church and for all that she gave us. And so, in uh, early 2000s, we built this new building. Uh, grew to about 800. A lot of that was uh, influx growth. Oh, there's the new shiny building and people coming into that, right? And then we began to experience a little bit of decline. Some uh, 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 adding new campuses. I was a part of that as well. And then in early uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, our pastor started reading Radical by David Platt. And then he started giving it to our staff, giving it to our elders, took our whole church through Radical, and that really started to stir up some stuff in us. So for me personally, I'll just tell you this. uh, When I went to Bible college, I went to Ozark Christian College, I went because I was trying to figure out how to make disciples. And I'm so thankful for my uh, undergrad time. I'm so thankful for my mentors. I've seen some of them around here. I learned so much there. I learned how to read the Bible, pray. I learned how to teach the Bible. In my estimation, what I was looking for, I didn't really find handles for learning how to make disciples. How do I go across the street and share the gospel? And if that guy comes to faith, how do I disciple him? That's what I was looking for. Like, I want to walk with him. Now, I did do that. I I, we, 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 I, would grab guys, and we'd read books together. We'd go through the Bible together. But I, I just needed, like I said, I'm just a simple guy from Oklahoma. I needed more than that. And I definitely knew if I couldn't do it, then who else couldn't do it? People in the church that I was uh, helping to lead, the campus that I was helping to lead. And so, anyway, Radical began to stir something up in us, and then in 2014, Some elders and myself, we went uh, through Perspectives in the World Christian Movement, and it flipped us. It flipped us. We saw lostness on the planet. We looked across Asia, and we're like, look at people who've never heard the gospel before, and here we are. We're shouting it back and forth to one another. We want to be a part of this, and there was this conviction that grew in our leadership that we want to be a part of sending people to the nations. Okay? And so this is what began to develop, and we're going to stop here in just a minute, but God gave our church a vision. So we're a church of about 800 people, 700 people at the time. Um, lost a little bit. And we had God gave us a, a God-sized vision to send 50 missionaries to uh, South Asia specifically in 10 years. Okay, And these are some of the things we were walk, working through. Local outreach would be the catalyst for global outreach. What you guys were talking about over here. The way we make disciples in Tulsa will be the way that we make disciples globally, right? And as we see people make disciples in our community, they will be the ones that we will send. Okay, does that make sense? And then we had a first young lady who said, I will go to South Asia. In fact, I joke with her all the time. Avery, uh, one of our good friends, I say, hey, tell tell Corey how we met. And Avery will come up and say, yeah, Brian comes up to me and he says, hey, I'm on staff here. I heard you you like missions. Is your church or would you want your church to send you to, to Asia? And she said, sure, that's how we met. Okay. <laughs> that was our story, right? Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to tell more of the story, but I want you, in fact, let's do this. We got a kind of a group right here. We have a little group right here, and we have a little group up here. And if you're if you're if you're in the back and you wanna come and be a part of a group, I want you to think through two things. So get in a little group, and then we're gonna have you share. Two things I want you to think through. First of all, if you had this vision from your local church. How would you accomplish in the preparation of your missionaries? What would you do? Okay? And I want you to think about, I guess this is a combination question. What would you do? What would you want to train in them? What would you want to see happen in them? And then where would that happen? Okay? What would you want to see happen? What do they need to know? What do they need to be able to do? And then where would that happen? So get together in your groups, because I'm going to have your group report back. Report back to the group. All right, so... How about we'll go with the smallest group first. Did you guys come up with one or two nuggets that you might be able to share with us of some things that would be important from your standpoint? And there's no wrong answers, okay? I'm going to give you the right answer in a minute, but there's no wrong answers, okay? (laughs) Anything you guys came up with? Well, just using the opportunities where God places us and practice, you know, have a classroom type setting where you're learning some tools and then going out and actually practicing it. Love it. So then when you go, you're not like, oh, what am I doing? You know, but you're practicing. And primarily, if you can practice with the people group you're going to go to in the States, sure. But if not, wherever is great. Love it. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Anything else from y'all's group? That's, that's 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 a good nugget right there. We'll use that one, okay? That'll preach. Okay. How about you guys? Anything you came up with?
0: Well, basically, similar to what they said in terms of um, it's, it's for us, it's relational discipleship. Yeah. And the training comes into living it out. Yeah. The individual that you're walking with. There you go. With an intention to bring them the spirit to spiritual
1: maturity and purposefully send them out to reproduce it. Amen. The area that they travel. Asia of,
0: just happens to be one location. Yeah. And the training is ongoing and ever present throughout.
1: What, say that again. What was the, what, the just happens, what would you say, Asia? Yeah. Or, okay.
0: Asia just happens to be a location. Yeah. They're going to be doing these things uh-huh. no matter where they are.
1: That's right. Amen. So relational and then training people to do this anywhere they are, right? Mm-hmm. The lifestyle, right? That's that's it. That's it. Good. Excellent. Love it, guys. Anything else you guys add? Okay. How about this big group? We better have like some just amazing ideas. They, 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 they stole yours. Okay. 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 They stole yours. Okay. We
0: said you have to start with
1: prayer and fasting. Start with prayer and fasting. Okay. Good. All right. Nobody hit on that. That's good. Okay.
0: You teach them to be great listeners. Listen to them. That's right. And then learn from them, and then yeah. they can coach them. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think so much of coaching is encouragement too. Right, because this is—it's not overly complicated work, but this is extremely difficult work. Right, extremely grueling. I mean, spiritual warfare, all the, all the things that happen. Right, relationships. So to have the coach that's—you can do this, brother. You can do this, sister. So important. Okay, good. All right. So what happened with us? If you—you you can turn back around because we'll do. A, we'll we'll kind of go alternate back and forth between looking up here and in in a, in a group. But uh, what happened with us is. And you guys are all have more faith than than we did. We thought we thought there's no way we can train our own people. That's just what we thought. There's got their mission train, mission agencies, mission trainers. They'll they'll train them. So this young lady, we talked to her. We're going to ship you off to a this other city. We're going to let them train you, right? And then then you can go out, right? We'll kind of find you, but then we'll train you. Okay, so that's that's kind of what happened with us. That's not that's that's how where we started, but this is what happened. Okay, so this is a big graphic here. If you were here earlier, you saw some of our gospel conversations trainings. This is stuff like, um, who am I as a who am I as an ambassador or who am I as a Christian? I'm an I'm new and I'm an ambassador. Right. That's all of our identity. Right. Who am I? Who's God called me to reach? What do I say to lost people? And then when someone says yes to Jesus, what do I do? Okay, And then how can that lead to healthy church? Okay, So it's just our introductory training. So these guys came from E3 and they trained us. And they, this is essentially what they did, brother. They stayed with us for two years. Coming in, spending time with us. Zoom calls with us, texts, encouragement. Hey, you want to come do, with, do this with us? Just heaping encouragement, heaping coaching and love on us. And so what happened is, this is one of the trainings, gospel conversations trainings that happened at our church, and we had this strategic plan that was done. These guys came in and they trained us. We did three touches. So you'll see here, touch one, touch two, touch three of gospel conversations training. A lot of times we'll do this on a Saturday and roll it out over the whole Saturday. Sometimes it might look a little bit different, but essentially train people in who, uh, who they are, their identity, who do they, who's God calling them to reach, what do they say. We go out and we practice it, practice sharing the gospel, What do you do after someone says yes to Jesus? So we just did that, and what we found—I was telling Jim this a minute ago. I was sitting in the church, myself, and there were others like me sitting in the church, discontent, depressed, no vision, and God began to grip our heart. You, 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 God wants to use you to reach those around in your community. Okay, so that's what began to happen. So these guys came in, and we began to see crazy. Local fruit. So you see here some different pictures. This is my buddy John and his wife Liz. They led about 20 of their friends to Jesus, began to make a map of all the lost people in in their life, and they began to pray for them. And God began to move, and people in our church were activated to go into the harvest to share the gospel, and they began to do that faithfully. And then they began to gather them in their home. And they began, if you were in our session last time, we talked about a simple method of making disciples called a three thirds process discovery Bible study. They began to disciple these people in their homes because these were people that were not going to show up on Sunday morning at Cedar Ridge Christian Church. Right? And then we began to see God raise up leaders. And what we began to see is what we were learning. We talked about this. I'll just briefly touch on it. If you were in here earlier, some of you were not. But this is a simple drawing that we use to illustrate what we see Jesus doing. If you read through the Gospels, if you read through the book of Acts, you see the apostles doing it as well. They were, uh, Jesus was abiding with the Father. He was always going to new places, always connecting to new, with new people. What did Jesus do when He showed up? A lot of people say he did all these, He did do miracles. But Jesus, everywhere He went, He spoke the message of the kingdom. Right, We've talked about this, this abundant sowing. I've heard people talking about it all weekend or all week. Sowing the gospel, making disciples, gathering them into groups, which um, the Bible calls church. Groups of disciples are churches. And then raising up leaders to uh, uh, repeat this process. We began to understand that what we were being trained in, what we were practicing, was exactly what was going on in South Asia. In fact, what we learned was this little drawing right here, you see it up here, that a little uh, in North Indian farmer had read Mark chapter 4 and he drew down on the ground, he drew, he said, this is how the kingdom of God grows. And we were like, oh, okay, maybe we should listen to our Indian brother, right? And God began to birth a vision in us that we, as, uh, uh, as the church, Acts 13, Paul and uh, uh, Barnabas are in the church and they're, the leaders are praying and they're fasting, Worshipping and fasting. What's the Holy Spirit do in Acts thirteen? He sends out Paul and Barnabas. Right, but God wanted to use a local church to send out her own missionaries. And so we went from the one girl. We said, "Okay, we'll do it." In fact, I went into a meeting, went into a meeting with our missions team, and I said, "We have to rip up our plan. That whole plan that we come up. We got we got to train our own missionaries." And one of the, I thought they weren't going to buy it. And one of our elders, one of the guys on the team, he says. Yeah, we need to do it, and we'll lead it. My wife and I will lead it. And so Mike and Kathy, on Sunday nights, they began to gather these folks in their home. These folks that got, that got uh, stirred up by the training, right? And these trainings, they got excited about this. They started practicing. They said, well, we'll gather those folks together. And so we we went from the one young lady to 12 in that first residency. So it was volunteer-led by Cedar Ridge members. And they were learning and practicing. So essentially, this is what this looks like. It's actually, it actually says it right here. So just for clarity's sake, seven seven hours a week is kind of the bare bare, uh, bare minimum. Together, together for three hours, say a Sunday night, and you actually do you do house church together. You do Acts chapter two together. What's the Uh, If you were in our last session, we talked a little bit about that. But we live that out. We are the church together. and So we worship together. We're in the Word together. We take the Lord's Supper together. We pray together. And we're living all that. So this is that whole crew from that first residency. So they do that on Sunday nights. And then on Wednesday nights, they would go out into apartment complexes. And they would begin to share the gospel, just like we were saying over here. And engaging people. Seeing people come to know Jesus, they would start discipling them in the exact same way. That they were learning in the residency, repeating it. So, if you were in here earlier, it was not—it was your brother or your your cousin, Brian. Yeah, just the simplicity of the three thirds process that these guys were learning, so they could turn right around and they could begin to uh, disciple these folks. And then they were training others. So they would grab people from the church. They would say, "Hey, brother, have you seen some of this stuff? You know how to share the gospel? You know how to make disciples? Would you want to get together? I'm going to train you." Simple ways to, to train them, come along, let's go do this. So God began to use them in amazing ways. And so they would also go and they would train other churches. So the same process that we were learning, these guys are going and they're training other churches and multiplying it. I'll just tell you real quickly, this lady right here, and I'm going to talk about her in a minute. Her name is Heidi, and uh, she's, a, she's a nurse by trade. They have five kids, her and her husband have five kids. Her husband's a construction worker, and... Um, Man, Heidi was just faithful, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for faithfulness. We're not necessarily we are look- we want fr- fruitfulness, but we want to see f- faithfulness, right? Because God's in charge of the harvest, right? We are in charge of our faithfulness, right? So, will you do the things that our brothers and sisters are doing all over the world? Will you begin to do those things? So Heidi is super, super faithful. So her and her husband and her kids every Wednesday they're on there on Sunday nights and every Wednesday night. They're out in the harvest, they'd take their kids, bring their their five kids with them, and they'd go out in the harvest together sharing the gospel. It was amazing watching these kids share the gospel with folks. And Heidi and Charlie are sharing the gospel with folks. And then Heidi, this is the story this girl right here, right here, her name is Brooklyn. And um, their kids were playing the one um, one afternoon in the neighborhood. And this is Brooklyn. She was this is this is like six years ago. And so our, our culture is fast forward incredibly now, but she was struggling with LGBTQ identity stuff. And so instead of like bashing this girl over the head, what they do? They, the kids shared the gospel with her, and she expressed interest in Jesus. So Heidi said, bring her over to the house. So here you see Heidi. Heidi's discipling her, just taking her through these, story, these simple stories. And then um, actually that is, that is Brooklyn being baptized at our church. So just a really cool story of transformation. So um, working in the apartment complexes, but then also working in their neighborhoods as well. Right, reaching those around them as well. That's what God did. So what we've seen out of that is God has started other residencies. We've seen probably seven residencies that have been run out of our church. And pretty much out of that, we're averaging about a unit sent um, overseas. And so it's been really cool out of each one of those. Um, so, yeah, that's this is one of our first uh, commissioning services for for the first uh, couple that went out, um, 2018, 2019, couple in 2019, and then we'll have another. One of one of the fun things too, we've had people who have moved to Tulsa actually to to be a part of this. So it's been really fun to experience that as well. So um, yeah, all over South Asia, these folks are going, and so the work that they're doing is the same work that they were doing in their neighborhoods. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to bring up, let's bring up three people. Can I have three volunteers? Jim. All right. Come on, brother. One more. You guys, you both coming up? Come on up. Yeah. The Jim come on up. Come on up. Okay. Yeah. volunteered. What's your name, brother? Derek. All right. So you get in the middle, have one of you guys on the end here. And here's what I want to do. I want to do, um, I want your guys's group over there. I want you to look at, um, John chapter four. Okay, and I want you to try to classify what is what was the Samaritan woman, what did she know how to do and what was she doing, okay? You're going to have kind of have to skim through it. Like disciple making, what was she what was what was she doing, what what did she know how to do? Okay, I want you guys right here to look at Acts chapter 2, 36 through 47. What were they skilled in doing, okay? And then I want you guys, you guys have a really hard one. Acts 13 and 14. Can you skim through that? Maybe you need some help. We could have some help from this group. Maybe come over here and help them out. Skim through Acts 13 and 14. What was, what was the work that Paul and Barnabas were doing? Okay, maybe Corey, maybe you can help them out too. Okay. Yours is Acts two thirty six through 47. Okay, you guys can sit down for a minute, I guess. If you guys want to sit down, we'll, and we'll come back up here. Okay, you guys are John 4, okay? Don't, I wouldn't suggest reading the whole thing. I would just kind of, what was, what was she skilled? What, like What did she know how to do? Does that make sense? Okay, you guys too, What did what did what do they know how to do? What were they accomplishing?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, we're gonna come back together. You guys good back there? You guys got some ideas? Okay, all right, Jim, Michael, and Derek, you guys come up here. Okay, all right. So we're gonna act like Jim. He kind of looks like the Samaritan woman. He looks like the Samaritan woman, right? All right, and uh, Michael looks like uh, Peter, right? All right, and we got Paul over here, okay? All right? Paul and Barnabas. Okay, so what do we find out in John 4? What was the work that uh, the Samaritan woman was doing? And there's a lot of things we could pull out from there, but just what are the skills that she was able to do? Inviting. Inviting, okay. Tell her, story. tell her story, right? So could we say that she, sowed the go- she was sowing the seeds of the gospel, right? Yeah. She does say, come meet a man who told me everything I ever met. Could this man be the Messiah, right? Okay? All right. So, Samaritan woman right there, all right? We're going to come full circle here in a minute. All right, Michael. How about Michael or uh, Peter, right? What did Peter do in Acts chapter 2? He shared truth and then modeled the church. Okay. So, he shared the gospel, but then what what was the fruit of that? Yeah, they became a church. They became church together, right? Okay. What's that? Many believed. Many believed, right? Many believed and they gathered together as the church, okay? So that's key. So sowing the seed, there were disciples that were made, and they gathered into church. Okay, what did you guys find out back here? Acts thirteen and fourteen. You guys had a big ta- task. So,
0: well, I mean, they share the gospel, they created leaders, and then they allowed them to they worked through it, and then they left. Yes, they've been started out giving a work, and then completed a the work.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, so so give me the kind of sharing the gospel. Or yeah, sharing the gospel. What else? Coaching. Coaching. Okay, great. And then, and then setting up the leadership. Setting up the leadership. What else happened? Did you remember what else? What did we see at the very end of Acts 14? I know you guys had a big chunk. What were there? They set up leaders in every what? Every church, or every every church it says, right? And they completed that work. So was there one church or were there many churches? Okay. All right. So, so you do, you guys see a progression here? Mm-hmm. All right. So we see the Samaritan woman here. Right. We see who? Peter. Peter. And what did Peter do? What did what did the Samaritan woman do? So the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. What did Peter do? Watertight. I mean, Spirit did this. Okay. Yeah, Spirit did the work. But I. Yeah. He started a church was birthed through his ministry. Right. Peter and Barnabas. What? Or Paul and Barnabas. What? multiple churches. Okay. All right. So, all right. And typically, let's say traditionally, when we've sent missionaries to unreached places, whether that be here in North America or around the globe, what type of work have we sent them to do? Humanitarian. Humanitarian yeah. Actually, we probably sent them to do work way down here, right? Yeah. Right. Actually, we could even have a conversation about that in North America, the average Christian, where do they fit on this scale? Down here, right? Like negative negative ones leaders, right? Okay. All right. So now missionaries that we've sent, maybe down here. Okay. How about, have we sent a lot of missionaries to share the gospel? I think we have. Have we sent a lot of missionaries to start a church? How about this? Have we done much of that? We haven't. Right. Who wants that to happen? I want that to happen, right? Okay? So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna bewilder this point just a minute more. This is something that we use, we're pulling from scripture, but we call it the three levels of leadership. Sometimes we call it the five levels of leadership. But here it is. This guy, he's a seed sower. Who should be a seed sower? Every Christian, right? Jesus said, Come follow me and what? I'll make you fishers of men. Right? This guy, Michael, Peter is a what? Church planter. church planter. right? Who can be a church planter? Yeah. Anybody everybody can. Now Anybody calls to like but if I share the gospel and someone like do you believe if you share the gospel with someone and their family comes to faith that you could start a church with them? Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that's what we saw in the in the book of Acts. If you read I think it's all through there. We don't always read all the people that did it. We see Paul and Peter. They did it, obviously, but they're normal people who did that. Right? So, if we sow the gospel, God can birth church. Make sense? Now, that may not look like traitor's point. Right? But it can be church. Who believes, as we sow the gospel, church gives birth, that God could give birth to generations of churches? Right? All right. So... In your imaginary scenario, again, thank you guys for being patient here, but you're thinking through your church, your location, what are we going to do, what are we going to train, what type of missionary would you want to send out? Multiplier. multiplier, right? So we have seed sower, church planter, church plant multiplier, right? So we, could, we usually draw a little dotted line right here, and we say this is addition. Praise the Lord for addition. I want a ton of addition, I want a ton of addition. I want every believer in North America, I want every believer globally to do this. If we do this, if we pray and we fast, right, and we do this, God will give, he will give growth. But if we pay people, see the problem? And in places like Asia and Africa, you have got a ton of people doing this. And then we show up and we're like, Hey, I'm going to go do it too. No, we need to show up and we need to be the coach. We need to be the helper. We need to be the encourager, right? And so we want to send people who have a ton of this experience right here, right? And I can't, now, the, the Heidi right here, pick, you guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. Great job. Um, Heidi right here, Heidi right here, she is discipling this new believer, okay? This is the beginning of church. I believe that. We had the question asked earlier, do you disciple people one-on-one or do you disciple them in groups? Well, either way, ideally, it's to disciple groups. But either way, we're discipling them in a way that helps them be healthy church. They learn the components of healthy church. That was a great uh, example from over here. Okay, So they get all these these reps. Actually, let me just stop there. Anybody have any questions or comments about that? About three levels of leadership? Kind of rolling that out. Seed sower, church planter, church plant multiplier, right? Make sense? Okay, any other questions, thoughts? I have a comment. Yeah, please. If we're talking
0: about um, other cultures, yeah. um, empowering people that are of the culture to be those people um, and not see... A missionary or somebody coming in as being the one that's creating it, because if you do, then it falls apart when they leave. That's exactly right. Not that. You want the church multiplier to be the people in which that culture is. That's exactly right. Step away and be like, I'm going to go someplace
1: else. That's exactly right. So, you're right. So, part of the training of what we do is they go into other churches. Ideally, that would be in a, a, you know, let's go into a church. If I'm going to India, let's try to train some Indian churches. Let's try to find some people that are, uh, that want to share the gospel. Indians that want, so one of my friends, the, the, whatever unit it is, he's getting ready, he's getting ready to go to South Asia in August. He's working with an Indian church right now. He's training them. He's trying to mobilize those brothers to the harvest, right? So they can grow in that leadership. So the plan, the plan, um, I am not the plan. We are not the plan. Who's the plan? The plan is the church. Right, and God wants to use the church. Does that, does that help you? No, I mean I. I was
0: just making a comment. Yeah, right? yeah. I know that you
1: believe that. I just
0: wanted to
1: say that. Out yeah, Amen, place. Amen. So we've seen additional residency start. So this is. Uh, I'm, I'll just say this is Heidi again. I'll just tell her story. This is their kids. One of the kids this is he's, he was grown by this time. By the time they left, um, and so um, married. But uh, so Heidi and her husband they moved to a, a mega city in uh, in Asia. And uh, within, so they'd done all this stuff uh, over and over again. I mean, a thousand, shared the gospel a thousand times, pray for people a thousand times, discipled multiple people. And when they showed up in their city, they found out that this lady right, right here, this lady right here, she was in the middle of fasting and praying. Excuse me, fasting and praying. She'd come to faith a year before. She was in the middle of fasting and praying for multiple days, and this was her prayer, God, use me. So what do I do when someone says, God, use me? I equip them. God's given them vision. And so what did Heidi do? She equipped Saroj. She equipped Saroj to do, do the very same thing. Now, Heidi did not even contextualize. She didn't contextualize anything. Okay, I don't recommend that. Okay, But she didn't do it because she knew what to do. She knew exactly what to do. So what did she do? She trained Saroj, and then they began to go door to door in her apartment. I've been to the apartment building, great big apartment building, hundreds of one-bedroom apartments, and they begin to go door to door sharing the gospel. And within weeks, women, woman after woman after woman are coming to faith. Baptisms happening. So I, I think I saw a picture of one of the yeah. There, there's one of the baptisms taking place. So I got to go, and um, I think it was yeah, it was January of 2019. I don't have a picture of it, but there was a gathering. All these women, and there's just a handful of guys on the, the outer edge of this small apartment. And we're talking like 35 people crammed in this little bitty apartment. And I'm like, how's this? What's going to happen from this? Like, I believe like in biblical leadership. Where are the elders going to come from? So what's happened is those guys started coming to faith. Those guys started getting baptized. Now those guys are deepening in their faith. Now there are elders that have been appointed. And now that church has multiplied to 15 different churches, right? So if Heidi had just gone just to do this work, right? Now we have a whole bunch of people doing this work, doing this work, and there are people doing this work. And Heidi, she is the encourager, right? She is fanning stuff into flames, right? Because they can do it way better than Heidi can do it. They just need vision, they need a little bit of training, and they, they, need, they need encouragement. And here's the deal. The people in our churches, they can do it better than us. The people in our cities, they can do it better than us to equip them to go to the places where God has called them to go. So you see, uh, yeah, and the same thing, they begin to train other other folks in that in that uh, area of the city as well. And these are some of the other units. This is a cool story too. This is a guy named Haupu. Hapu moved from Asia, he moved from India to our city to go to seminary. By God's grace, he got connected with one of our families. And so he came to learn ministry at a seminary. And then he got exposed to this stuff. And he actually quit seminary. And he's like, I'm going to do this stuff. And now he's back in India training, multiplying disciples, right? Multiplication. And the Lord continues to do stuff like that. So just a couple other things that we've seen happen through all this is we've just seen, so we see the radicals. So the the residency, and I'm going to give you, I'll give you here a link to residency here in a minute. Residency um, gives you a container to contain the early adopters. So as we train the church and people say, I want to do this, then we say, come over here. We have a pathway for you of encouragement, of coaching, of practice of how to do this. And then what begins to happen is we begin to see other practices drip into the rest of the church. So we have uh, on a regular basis from the stage, hey, who are you praying for? Okay, we're using the Bless Every Home app as well to have, I think we have about 45 different lights in our our city where people are just praying for their neighborhood. This is a fun story of a little uh, little girl in our uh, youth group out sharing the gospel in an apartment complex. This is my friend Tom, who works in American Airlines. He carries around his little three-circle sticker. He doesn't know what residence he is. He knows we have people even We have people that live in Asia. But guess what? Everywhere Tom goes, what's he do? He shares the gospel. Hey, I you got to share the gospel with somebody new. He just pulls out his phone. Hey, see the gospel, right? Share the gospel. And he'll, he'll tell them the story of what Jesus did. This is a fun story. Our senior pastor actually knocked on the door. Uh, this is a fun story. I don't have time to tell you that story. Our senior pastor knocked on the door of this guy and this gal. He's not in the picture, but uh, knocked on the door and uh, said, Hey, we're here to pray for you. Any you know way we can pray for? And Daniel says, Yeah, come on in. They come in next and they pray for them. Hey, can we come back and do a Bible study? He said, Sure, come back. Next week, they start going back and they just start discipling them. Just start discipling them. At the end of the summer, they say, We're ready to surrender to Jesus. They get baptized. Um, crazy story. Normally we don't baptize in those scenarios. At the church building, we'll baptize at the pool or something like that um, because we want something to happen there. And so anyway, the church or the the pool was closed that night. So Daniel and Laura actually got baptized at our church building. The next Sunday, they ended up coming to our worship service. And the only people that they recognized was like two other people and our senior pastor. So they go up front and they sit with Greg. And they're like, hey. and Greg's just country boy, you know, Brandy knows, has knows, been around him, country boy. And so it comes time for the sermon and he goes up and they're like, what? And afterwards he comes down and he says, now you know my dirty secret <laughs> 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 that I'm the pastor. But um, man, these, Daniel is a guy who just, he has a zeal. Like he, he just moved to St. Louis. He's like, I want to find a church that where they share the gospel. Right. So he was discipled doing this stuff. Right. So it's awesome. New discovery groups, I could tell you stories like this is generational baptisms that have happened. Uh, This dude, drug guy, sharing the gospel with people in his house, Spanish speakers. And then we're finding people in our church that they want to start house churches. And so guess what? We are here to serve you and encourage you and release you. And you get to be a part of the wider body. And we want to bless you. You have covering of elders as well. And we want to release you into the community to start house churches. And what play are they running? They're running the exact same play. Just running this process, running this process. They, if you were in our session earlier, they do the exact same thing every week. Children's ministry. We've seen our student ministry go through some of this. Actually, some of our students. Actually, we've had two different trips to Asia from some of our students. Our, my kid, my oldest kid, got to train Christians in a mega city. In Asia to share that I'm like what in the world how did this happen so cool uh, I don't know what is a 30 million people I don't know what the technical term is but mega urban city Do you know Randy yeah and then the other thing just training other uh, training other churches around the area you saw that a little bit earlier This is Mexico City training. Also, all this is coming out of our church, training other churches in other places as well. So before I get going, I may have a few minutes for questions or anything like that, but we do have a, a Zoom training, and it's just kind of the basic training on March 9th. So if you weren't in here earlier, here's the link, and there's also some cards up here where you could... You could sign up for that. And it's just an introductory training. It's all free. love for you to come check it out. You also can go to madetomultiply.org. You can get connected in that way. My contact info is up here. I love talking to churches about this stuff. It's my passion. So um, I can be the crazy uncle for your, your church, pastor, elders, anything like that. And then this, I'll leave this up here too. If you want to actually see the residency file, um, we, we give all of this away. And so one of my passions is I want to see these residencies started everywhere. I think every church in America should have one of these residencies, should have one of these containers to be able to train up workers for the global or for the local and the global task. Okay, And so, yeah. Did that work? Did that, that open something up? <coughs> I hope it did. We're not the most technical guys. Okay. <laughs> Great. Let's see if I... Okay. All right. Any, any uh, questions or clarifying uh, questions, comments that I can help with? Or, Corey, something that I missed?
0: Just, like, we can't stress enough, like, the tools are, they're awesome. They're amazing. Yeah. But what makes them great is the biblical principle that they're founded on. The Who? principles don't change. That's right. The tools do. But these tools and these principles, <coughs> we consider them best practices around the globe. Uh Ryan is helping strategy in Asia. Uh, I've spent the last half decade in Europe, uh, and we're doing the same things. Yeah. In different contexts, we're but the same process, the same strategy, and it's reproducing rapidly.
1: Yeah, and we're not making it reproduce. Some and sometimes it doesn't. This may be a good to balance that because it is it is it is reproducing rapidly. But let me give you an example of letting this framework be... Somebody, you might have said this earlier, brother, uh, about this is who we are. This bec- you said that. This is who we become, right? So this is who we become. So same apartment complex that Daniel and his wife um, were in. We were working in there for about a year. And I remember one specific night, there was a taxi driver. He's sitting out there. No, security guard, excuse me. We, shared the go- we offered to pray for him, shared the gospel with him. And he said, man, I, he breaks down in tears. He's broken. He wants us to, you know, he wants to, he wants to study the Bible more. And we're like, hey, can we come back tomorrow? So I called someone. He said, yeah, I'd love for you to come back tomorrow. Okay. So what, essentially what we did was we did, we've been praying. And so usually there's a little guy here who's praying. He's abiding in Jesus. We went to, an, we found a guy, found a place to sow some seed. Okay. You got to have a field. And then we sowed the gospel. Okay. And then we're aiming to try to disciple him. Right. And so, hey, brother, can we come back and can we do a Bible story with you? And he said, yes, I'd love for you to come back and do a Bible story. So can we come back tomorrow night? He said, yes. So I grabbed some of my friends. In fact, they were in the residency, and they're looking for someone to disciple. Okay, they're hungry to disciple someone. They've tried to disciple people, and it's just not worked out well. Okay, or just hadn't gotten anyone to to take hold. So we go back the next night, all right? And the three of us go back, and we go looking for this guy. And guess what happened? He was not there. So now, what do I do? Maybe do some more selling. Do some more sewing, that's right. I'll be honest, my gut was... I've, been, I've trained myself over the years to be disappointed, to be discouraged, and say, kind of get depressed and not know what to do. But then I was like, no. We know what to do. So what do we do? We took that hour and a half, and we began to look more people, look for more people to pray for. More people to share the gospel with. More opportunities to potentially disciple someone. So we become that, right? We land. We land in Indy. You you pull into Indy, right? You just do this. You go to another city. You go to Europe. You do this work, and so wherever we are, that we do that work. So and then we train people to do that. So awesome. All right. How about I pray for us, and, and we'll we'll take off. Father, thank you for the time to be together today. We pray, Father, that you would use our lives, Lord, for your namesake. We pray, God, that um, you would raise up um, hundreds of thousands of seed sowers, Lord, and hundreds of thousands of church planners, of disciple-makers, Lord, hundreds of thousands of multipliers, Lord, out of our churches, Lord, for your name's sake. Father, we love you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank y'all. All
0: right, y'all, we've got one more episode from E3 Partners. We're gonna be talking about raising up the next generation of disciple-makers. If you haven't already, mark your calendars for October 27th and 28th. If you're in the Nashville area, our forum is going on a city tour starting here at my church. I get the privilege of leading worship, so make sure to go to discipleship.org and buy your tickets and come out and join us. It's going to be a great time. All right, y'all, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Hit subscribe if you haven't already and enjoy the rest of your day.